Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. Well, hello, everybody. Um, we're going to give a few people a chance to uh, jump on line here, a few viewers to get here before we start uh, full blast here. But uh, in this uh, in this webinar, we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, Sandra Kipmata and uh, and Cat Fair, and they are both. Um, some individuals who have some substantial experience in running uh, quilting businesses, and our hope is during this uh, during this program that those of you out there who either may be beginning uh, a quilting business or even who may be just considering uh, putting your toe in the water and uh, jumping into uh, doing a quilting business yourself. Um, you'll be able to get hopefully some encouragement uh, from these two ladies, um, answers to questions, uh, possibly avoid maybe even some of the pitfalls that they've had. So um, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. And uh, we'll start with uh, Sandra. And we'll we'll try to give about a half an hour to each one of you, but I will tell you, um, um, Kip, Cat. Uh, uh, as I'm talking to Sandra, um, if you if you just feel um, like you really want to uh, contribute something or bust in right there, you you know you you have that liberty. You can do that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, we're just gonna you know we're gonna do about a half an hour for each one of you and just kind of. Uh, kind of pick your brains and uh and just see uh if we can benefit from some of your experience as well so sandra let's start with you um first of all uh where is ho home for you where are you where are you located um i'm from michigan and we live in the farmland of the thumb area because you know michigan's a hand and everybody holds their hand up and they say where are you from and you point to a knuckle or a thumb or a finger um, I'm right at the base of the thumb area. Okay, great, great. And how long have you been doing this long arm quilting? 25 years now. Got my first machine in 1998. And I've never stopped since almost six days a week till just the last couple of years. Wow, that's quite impressive. So what um, what made you start out or decide to start long arming in the in the first place i had just shut down um a business and i had a brand new baby and i was watching uh Kay woods on tv and i saw a quilting cowboy and i thought wow that looks like fun it's like drawing with thread so i picked up the phone and i ordered a machine that i saw on the ads at the end of the program and my husband said you did what you spent every penny we had left in the checking after shutting down our business. And he said, what are you gonna do? 
do you know how to quilt? And I said, no, but I'm going to learn. And I had just a lot of ambition and no sense or I wouldn't have jumped in so quick and done it. Wow. So when you, when you first started <laughs> out, when you first started out, did you, were you doing it just for your own personal uh, enjoyment or were no, you sir. actually going into business right away? I was not a quilter. I had sewn my own clothes in the past. I'd made my own clothing and I thought, well, it can't be much different. I honestly had never made a quilt until I had that machine delivered. Um, I thought, looks like something I would enjoy. I'm going to make money at it. I can work at home with a brand new baby. And I thought that was the best of both worlds instead of having to go out and work and pay for daycare. But what had happened was I hadn't thought, where am I going to get customers from? How are they going to come and how are they going to find me? So I started talking around to neighbors and I went to quilt shops and asked them and found out a local quilt guild. When I went to the guild, I met some ladies that had just made a promise of 50 lap quilts to a local children's home and they were tying them by hand. And I said, hey, I got an idea. Let me practice. Let me try and do this and see if I like it. Well, as soon as the word got out that I had made a few quilts, by the time I finished four or five, I started charging. And that I never looked back. I've never paid for advertising. And I do over a thousand a year still to this day. Wow. And when you, <laughs> when you first started out, it, did yes. you first start out with a gamble machine? I did not. Um, I had bought a designer quilt because that was the commercial that followed the quilting cowboy on that television show on PBS. And it was a eight by eight pan of oil and the machine set on top. So it would slosh around. It was a machine on wheels and the um, speed control was a dimmer switch that had been wired in and attached to the back of a sewing machine. Oh, so I, I had a big learning curve. I got I you. had um, started doing a little more investigating and found out that there were other machines out there that would let me do more than what I wanted to do. And I received a call. I talked to Ken Gamble. And Ken had spoke to me on the phone and said, oh, you talked to the man himself. I talked to the man himself. And this is in 1998. And he said, honey, you don't want that machine. You want one of mine. And I said, but I just bought this. I don't have any money left. What do I do? Let me think about it. I hung up the phone. The phone rang five minutes later. And it was a woman from a local, another town saying, hi, I heard you're selling your machine. And I said, excuse me? She said, I got your phone number from Ken Gamble because when I called to buy a machine, they were <laughs> so expensive. So he had given her my phone number and I delivered it that weekend. So he, he spread the word that you were selling that machine before you even knew you were selling it. He sold it for me before I realized that I wanted to sell it. And that, of course, made me grab a gamble. And my first one was a Premier, which has a smaller throat. I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was about 12 to 14 inches. I think it was about 12 yeah, inches. About an eight, 18 inch throat space. About 18 inches. Okay. And that was wonderful because I... I didn't, I was too cheap to buy pantograph panters. I would look at the patterns and say, I can draw that. So I just went to the front of machine and was doing freehand back in 98 when no one else was. 
So I learned by looking at a pattern, tracing it myself, because I didn't want to spend the cost to buy the paper rolls. So I was trying to be frugal. And what it was doing was really teaching me a lot of good freehand method, which I still to this day do very easily. Um, now, do you still do uh, freehand or do you do any computerized? I do. I run two machines every day. Um, I have the um, Classic Plus now for my freehand and I have the Optimum for my Statler. Okay, awesome. So, and so now you're, you, you've been in business for quite some time now. Um, so when you first started, um, how, I mean, did you know that there would be enough, uh, long arm business in your area to support you as a quilter or how, how did that evolve? Sir, I had no idea. I had, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never even made a quilt. I didn't know a quilt guild existed until I walked into the room and saw the women there. It was nothing that was on my radar, nothing that I was even aware of. You got waylaid, didn't you? <laughs> I jumped in with both feet and never looked back. <laughs> so as you as you went on, what how did you how did you and how do you obtain or find uh, customers, you know, for for your business? It's all been word of mouth. I've never paid anything for advertising. I did go around to quilt shops and leave my business cards and ask them if they didn't mind. And if they had any store samples, they'd like me to try. Um, I would give them a little bit of a reduced rate to put my work into their shops. Um, and it didn't take long. I only had to do maybe two or three stores and the word got around. And Michigan, we have a lot of snowbirds that go south to Florida and west to Arizona in the winters, of course. Well, when they showed my quilts to their friends in Florida, then I got Florida customers. And when they showed them in Arizona, then I started getting Arizona customers. I still, to this day, ship quilts all over the world, United States. Wow. That, that, that is awesome. So I, I was curious about one thing. <laughs> when you first uh, got your your gamel, um, were you able to... Uh, uh, pay for that? Did you have to take out a loan? How did you pay for your first gamel? Well, I had the design a quilt that I had just paid cash for. So when Ken sold it for me, I had that money. And then I had saved every dollar that I had made on quilting up until that point. So when I went and jumped on the premiere, they were a lot cheaper then than they are now. Um, I, I just paid cash for it. I didn't have to do any financing. Luckily, I was fine. Okay. So, and do you do anything other than the, the, um, the, the quilting? Do you have another job besides your quilting? I, I do over a thousand quilts a year, sir. I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> no, this has been full time. So that, that, is, that is your full time occupation. Yes, sir. Yep. Since 1998, full time, six, seven, six days a week. When I first started, I was overwhelmed with quilts. And there wasn't anyone in my area. Well, I've since had almost nine or 10 clients that have bought their own machines and started their own business. And there's plenty of work for everyone. My workload has never slowed down. Wow. So 
you say you do, what did you say? A thousand quilts a year? Yes, sir. Wow. And, and have you, uh, I'm curious if you've done like close to that volume, the, for, for many years or has yes. it grown or? No, it's, it's, that's, there's only so many hours in the day that I can work. And every morning being self-employed, you know, you get up, you clean your house, you punch in and I'm in there by nine o'clock and I, at supper time, I come out at six o'clock and I go about my business. But when I was first starting, I was so overwhelmed that I would run my Statler. I'd set that up. I'd go in the other room. I'd come back and I would run it from sun up to sundown and do my freehand at the same time. And then it got to the point where I thought, there's no way I can always get these done every single day. So I started taking Sundays off. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so in the beginning, you were kind of overwhelmed time-wise just yes. to keep up with everything. Yes. And uh, so now you've kind of gotten it to where you have your Sundays off, you say. And right. like how many hours a day average would you say you you quilt I just well I I was working 10 to 12 almost every single day um now about eight years ago I was diagnosed and I started doing um kidney dialysis three days a week which is um a chronic kidney failure so for four hours I sit in a chair and I have my dialysis treatments um those days I started slowing down and not sewing as much after a treatment but I can pin them on, I can measure, I can write receipts and get things ready to go loaded up for the next morning. And then I'll get up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and I'll be in there by seven working. So I have wow. slowed down a little bit in the last couple of years, but I generally, when I get both machines running, the Statler's running and for I'm like, doing my freehand. Yeah. And so you've been able to um, adjust your schedule and everything as needed as your your lifestyle has uh, changed a bit so that, that's good well now, and the wonderful now, thing about the income by being able to adjust to deal with my medical issues that I can still have an income because I'm still working in my home so that's a big benefit now, of working at home I was wanting to ask you if you these days do you primarily up a bit. I'm sorry, hey. you froze up. Could you repeat what you yeah. said, please? Yeah, we it's, it's freezing up a little bit. I was going to ask you if um up. Uh, these days, do you primarily do uh, hand-guided or computerized or a mixture of both? I run both machines at the same time. I start my Statler, and then I turn around and run my freehand, and I just change bobbins all day long. And so what would you say your ratio is, like, uh, number of quilts that you're able to do on the Statler versus the Plus machine? Um, well, of course, depending on size, but as an average, I can do eight a day if I'm running, um, like four small free hands and then four bed size on the Statler with basic edge to edge work. I, 
I learned very early that custom and extra work is very time consuming. So when people would say, I've got 40 hours into this quilt, it's beautiful, but that's not where I make my money. I could have four done by lunch and you're still working on two blocks. So I made my name known for a quick turnaround and the basic they call bread and butter quilting nowadays is what I, not that I specialize in, but it's what I prefer to do because it's so less time consuming and you make more money doing average basic quilting. I mean, it's beautiful and it's gorgeous with the Statler now compared to custom pricing and spending 40 hours a week on one item. I don't have that need in this area where we live uh, for the economy wise. It would be rare to have someone pay me $1,000 to quilt a quilt, but I can make that doing smaller ones myself, so. Right. So, as, and as far as uh, charging, do you charge by the hour or do you charge by the square inch? Or? I do by the square inch. That seems to be a fair way because I'm doing table runners, I'm doing bed size, I'm doing wall hangings. So I do by the square inch. Okay. Well, and and for the people watching, um, what what would you say your your total charge for like an average queen size quilt would um, be? Approximately two thirty, and then I I carry batting where they can bring their own. Um, when I first started, you'll get a kick out of this. A king size was sixty dollars. Now I get three hundred. <laughs> So quite a difference. That's the cost of inflation in 25 years. Yes, yes. So um as you've been you've been doing it for a lot of years. Um, yes, um you, you you said that you thousand um about how many quilts would you say that you would do have done like in your worst year? like in in uh like the past 20 years maybe i i don't know that i've had a worst year um i basically i get up and work every single day and i've never had any time that i didn't have when i get nervous and say oh i've only got six quilts i wonder if i'm getting slow and i need to go out and start meeting people again because the pandemic we stopped going to quilt guilds and you start getting in face-to-face -face and groups and meetings. So I thought maybe it's slowing down a little and then somebody will call and bring me seven or they'll two, two or three people will stop by with three apiece. So I've never been out of work since I started. I got you. That's, that's awesome. So as far as um, revenue, would you say that uh, this is... Uh, somebody that is just starting out and is worried if it's something that they'll be able to genuinely uh, supplement or provide their income. Uh, do you think it, in your opinion, for just the average uh, quilter out there who's starting out, do you think it's something worth uh, pursuing? Oh, absolutely. I, I would say, don't think it's going to be that easy because it is a job and it is work. Sometimes 
older senior ladies love to make the quilts, but they don't realize how physical this job is. I think by me walking back and forth and not standing in one place on one machine has helped me because I'll sit down, I'll do binding, I'll stand up, I'll do freehand, I'll turn around and start the statler. You have to take care of your body after all those years. You've got to have good posture, um, good shoes, good fatigue mats. There's a lot of things you got to look out for. Um, as far as, is there an income available? Absolutely. Is there enough work for everyone? Always. Because there's new quilters coming up, the new modern quilting movement. There's younger people getting into it. I do a lot of art quilts by younger people. I've never been without. <laughs> so, and it has supported my family. It has paid for my cars and vacations and homes. So it's definitely an income if you want to treat it as such. If you want to do a hobby, then it's a hobby. But if you go into it with a business idea as a business, you're going to be successful if you treat it that way. Well, you know, you mentioned the uh, the physical um, uh, demands of of quilting. Uh, give me give me kind of a brief synopsis of uh, you know Statler versus hand guided uh, and it's oh my goodness, well difficulty. Statler, yes, absolutely. You're going to set it up and run an edge to edge, so it's basically hands free. Once you set it up, you can step back, and I'm in the same room. I'm watching it over my shoulder on a mirror, you know. Um, the hand guided, I'm I'm only 4'11", so I'm kind of short, so I don't bend over. But I would say if you would get the adjustable table, if you were a taller lady or a gentleman, um, where I'm only five foot, I don't bend over. I'm just kind of straight at the table. So that probably helps my shoulders and back by being short, that's one benefit. Um, but you have to, you know, the carpal tunnel, the back, the knees, the legs, the hips, you always wear good shoes. You always stand up straight. It's just, it's a physical job that you're doing kind of as if you were a factory worker, you wouldn't stand in one place all day for 10 hours. So I walk from this machine. Every time I fill bobbins, I walk to the end of the room, change my bobbin, walk all the way back. And that way I'm not standing in one place. And that seems to have worked for me all these years. Excellent. I, I think that's a that that stuff that you just shared. I think that's a valuable um, bit of information for a lot of the people that are watching. Thank you. Well, while we still got a few more minutes, Sandra, I wanted to ask you um, with with your particular business, um, do you provide or sell supplies like uh, batting, wide back fabrics, or anything I like that? Yes, I keep um, two kinds of batting. I give them an 80-20 Hobbs or a 6.9 ounce poly. I let them choose what they prefer. Um, I'm making, I am selling it um, at a reduced rate because I purchase wholesale and they're happy to buy it from me and it's easier and I don't have to open a lot of packages. So I keep two types of batting. And then I have a selection of fabric, but it's just for my own personal use. And I do keep uh, bleached muslin and natural unbleached if they want that for backing. Other than that, there's plenty of fabric shops around. Gotcha. So with, and with your shop, with your business, do you offer any other services, binding, piecing, backings, piecing, 
t-shirt quilts or I don't like to talk about that because I have enough work, but I will do it <laughs> if, that, if they throw enough money at <laughs> You don't me, want the well, word to get out too much. Yeah, I don't want to talk too loud about that. Um, I have made t-shirt quilts for people. Um, they've brought me fabric and said, could you just make a quilt? And these all the kids are going to get handmade quilts for Christmas. And all they're bringing me is yards of fabric. So I'm pretty much starting from scratch. And they just want two pieces quilted together and the binding done. If a client brings their own binding that's pre-made and they want me to trim and sew it on, I will do it by machine only, but not by hand. Um, Cause of course my fingers, I'd be crippled after all these years, but I prefer to make my own binding with their provided fabric because they're not always as accurate as I am. So I do offer a binding service for you know, the regular clients that I've known for many years, and I know that they have the skills to make it look nice. If not, I'll say, throw a yard of fabric in the bag and I'll make the binding and charge you accordingly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's, uh, bringing it back to the uh, uh, people who are hard about this uh, business uh, idea or who are in the process get going what they need to get going. My question for you is what would you say was the most difficult part of growing your business? Oh dear. Um, at the beginning, long arm quilting was not very popular because it was so new to this area. And I had a few older ladies that thought that's not real quilting. You're not doing it by hand. You're cheating. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> so I'm still working. Um, I've had a little animosity from a couple competitors of people buying a machine and hearing through the grapevine that they had said negative things about my work, hoping to get my customers um, and that's really disappointing because I'm very supportive of anybody that wants to start the business. There's more work for anyone. There's no reason to fight over it. Um, but I have had uh, two over the years, not a lot overall, but very disappointed that some of them were very negative. And they came and went and there's, they're not in the business and I'm still here. So I just think you have to not let that get you down. If someone says that's not real quilting, you're cheating, or that's not what I've seen on YouTube, or how do you do that? Um, I think you have to have a lot of self-confidence, and I think you have to have a customer service mentality because you're providing a service and you want the customer to be happy, and that's all that matters. Gotcha. And you know, you mentioned the positive and the negative. Uh... Uh, influence and, and stuff did you have anybody who like uh as you've been in the early years and and beyond who've been like uh your biggest cheerleaders or or support system for you i would say my local quilt guild because every time they have show and tell and ladies walked up and held up their quilts and they're so proud of their work and they'd say, Sandy Kip quilted this. And before you know, I had two or three other people calling me. And then the next day, 
I had them bringing me carloads from the next town over because they saw my work. And if you were to do a quilt for a shop hop and do it for a local quilt store, tons of business because they saw your work and every quilt is different. And then they could pick on who style is more to their liking. So the biggest one would be local quilters, your local quilt guild and your local fabric shops. And you might have to drive to the next town over because a lot of them have closed in recent years. And that's basically where I got a lot of clients right at the beginning was all from the quilt guild. Gotcha. That, that's excellent. Uh, that, and that's something that I think a lot of people are not plugged into and probably would benefit uh, from that. Oh, it's a wonderful group. It's just unfortunately with the pandemic, so many of them had closed and ours of after almost 20, over 26 years, I had been there at the very beginning when they had first started and they have uh, dissolved and are no longer here. And we were up at over 200 members at one time. So quilt guilds are changing and they are getting smaller. But then we also have the technology of YouTube to help us out. And we have Facebook for advertising. Um, I pop up pictures of quilts just because they're gorgeous. And a lot of people contact me and say, how much do you charge and where are you located? So if one door opens, when another door closes, you know the saying. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we, we got just a couple of minutes left. Uh, let me ask you, what is one thing that you wish that someone would have told you when you first started out with this journey that, you, that you're on? You can't do them all in one day. <laughs> you just can't work hard enough. There's, there's not enough time in the day to do what you do. Well... So it was, you say it was 25 years ago that you started, you yes, started this quilting journey. What is a, a piece of advice that you could give to somebody who wants to, wants to experience the stuff that you've talked about today? And do you still think it's possible in this post-pandemic 2023 year? I, I do. I do because I think we can use social media to make contacts when we can't make them in person. And now with that cell phone everywhere, you can snap a picture and send it and text it and show people your work. That's an exciting way that you don't have to carry around quilts. You can use the technology to show your work on your phone. Go to a fabric store. You might be looking at a lady buying fabric to make a quilt and say, hey, look what I just made. You know, the more you put yourself out there and don't be afraid of rejection, and the more work that you do, the better you get. Because no one starts out, you know, doing wonderful work. You look at your piecing, you look at your quilting. Everybody improves. And if you don't improve, you should do something different. Gotcha. Well, Sandra, thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, that very inspiring stuff. Very informative also. Thank you. Um, and if, if you're able to hang with us, we're going to uh, talk to uh, Cat, Cat Fair, not Cat Fur. Oh. Cat Fair. <laughs> um, and and I'm going to, uh, Sandra, I'll tell you the same thing. If, if you hear something that we're talking about and you just feel compelled to uh, contribute something, you're, you're welcome to do that. 
But thank you, Kat. I want to kind of start out with uh, with you the same uh, same type of thing, you know, um, you know, a little bit about uh, your journey and uh, you know where you've come from. Starting out, uh, where 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 is home for you? Where where are you located? Sure, I live in Central Oregon, uh, specifically Terrebonne. I'm about an hour away from Sisters. Most people know the big Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show. So that's where I'm at. My business is pretty much opposite of Sandra's this whole time. It's kind of funny. So, uh, so how long have you been involved with long arm quilting? About 10 years. I'm sorry, say that again. About 10 years. Okay. Long arm quilting. Sometimes, sometimes the sound on here is not that great. Yeah, sorry. So, um, so what was it that pulled you into this long arm world? So I've always loved quilting, even back when I just had my domestic machine, like piecing was just something I got done so I could do the fun part of quilting. And I would go to all these quilt shows um, the time I lived in Wisconsin, and there was a ton of shows in Chicago. We'd go to every single one. And I just kept seeing these long arm machines over and over again. And I was like, you know what? This is what I need. This is how I'm going to get that pattern that I've been trying to do on the domestic, but I can't make it work. And... I won't have to crawl on the floor anymore to base the layers together. <laughs> I was killing my knees. <laughs> so, and when you first started out, were you um, just for your personal self or did, did you actually start out with business? Oh no, I, I bought the machine with the intent of adding that onto my business. Cause I also do some embroidery stuff and I was begging my husband for years, please, please, please let me buy a long arm. And the answer was always, no, we can't afford it. No, we can't afford it. And then when we moved from Wisconsin here to Oregon, I was just really blessed that two doors down, my neighbor, friend, and mentor she turned into, her name was Donna. And Donna had a gamble. And Donna taught me everything I knew. And when Donna was moving away, she slowly passed her clients along to me because she was moving in uh, a whole different part of the state. And that just is how I got started. So it, it helped you when you started out by having a kind of a, a, a mentor. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I would spend hours in her studio and she would show me how she was doing business tips, how she set things up, how she charged her intake forms, all the things. And plus, she would let me use her gamble at the end of the night. Like if she had finished a quilt, I could put one on and play while she was having dinner. She was amazing. Wow, that's awesome. And mm -hmm. a lot of the, the, like the mentoring that you got from her is mm -hmm. the, the people that are watching this, this podcast, they're getting like a little concentrated drop of that, you know, through this podcast, uh, through you guys. And, and so we really appreciate you, um, being willing to offer your time to, uh, you know, to give some of your wisdom uh, to the people who are uh, trying to follow the path that you are. So, did you start out with a gamble yourself? Yes, I did. Broken? I purchased a retrofit, and since then I've upgraded it to an ascend. Okay, and and why did you choose to start out with a a gamble? Okay, so kind of a longer story but going to all of those quilt shows even though I knew the answer was no at first I was looking at them and really seeing like how did each one work what were the parts like 
then when we moved here to Oregon, and I obviously saw Donna's gamel, and I was very impressed. And she would just talk about how amazing the company is and how great the machine is, et cetera, et cetera, and how it was the best of the best. And then I started going to shows out here once my husband was like, okay, fine, you're learning from Donna, you can buy a machine. Um, so Donna and I went to a whole bunch of different shows and I really started looking at the parts. And what really got me was that the tracks and the motors of the gamble, this heavy duty materials, where some of the other machines were like little plastic teeth. And I looked at that and went, I'm gonna break those little teeth like in two seconds, there's no way. I'm so klutzy, no, no, no. Um, and plus I had been learning on hers. And so when I told my husband I was ready, he agreed, he's like, no, you just gotta get the gamble. Like you, you're, if you're doing this, you're doing this right. You're getting the gamble, you're getting the 14 foot frame. And that's what we did. And you started out uh, hand guided or computerized? Oh, computerized, computerized, definitely. That's what she had taught me. And I slowly learned hand guiding over the years. Okay, so you've been able over the years to add a little bit of hand guided to your repertoire. Oh, yes. Which leads me to I do about 50 50. Um, unlike Sandra, most of my quilting is custom quilting. And so I do a lot less quilts than she does, um, a lot less revenue than she does for the same reason. Uh, but I've become known in my area as one of the few people that do custom quilts. So I tend to get a lot of those. Okay, so you you prefer to stay to do custom quilting? Would you say? I do I know the money isn't there, but it's just so filling. Like it's just fun, and I just love every aspect of it. And like today, I had a client come in to pick one up and brought me five more. And every one she opened, like immediately in my head, I went, "Okay, that needs to be custom. This is gonna be this. This is gonna be that. That's gonna be that." Da 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 da. And there was one of all five that I went. Mm, that one should be edge to edge. And she said, yep, exactly. So I just, I don't know, just that's where my mind goes. Okay, so so you get a lot of satisfaction out of doing that. Yes. Um, yes. Is, uh, is quilting your, your, your full-time job or do you do anything else? No, it's else? not. I do, okay. I do also some embroidery stuff and some teaching as well. So would you say you do it you with your you know you you focus on a lot of uh, uh of the uh custom work um do you do it more for the satisfaction or more for the money mm -hmm. well that's a tough one because i love doing it i do like doing edge to edge but there's just something about dropping the belts and going you know statler does some parts i do some parts um, I've been slowly raising my prices so I can make more money doing that. So that that's like at the end of the so day. You like the money a little bit too. I do really like the money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the money's good. Okay, okay, and that's good because uh, with with you two guys, we're we're getting a, a couple of different angles, you know, uh, uh, right. of your business, you know. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let let's go back to the business part of it. Um, okay. When you um when you first uh, started mm -hmm. did you did you think did you know that there was enough uh, long arm business available in your area or yes like I said since I'm really close to the sisters quilt show I figured there would be a lot of quilters now I had just moved to this area and uh, my mentor had said to me I have like 14 quilts in my queue and I gotta get that down and I remember thinking 
oh, I can't wait to the day I have 14 quilts in my queue. Yeah, it's never been less than that, <laughs> ever. Gotcha, gotcha. See, you stay There's busy. So you always have, yeah. have plenty to do. So, um, and, and so you you're you don't have any problem finding customers and not and at all. Stay. So it's, when you like first Sandra said, oops, sorry. What's that? Say that again. I'm I sorry. Say, like Sandra said, it is so much of it is word of mouth. And they go back to their guild and they hold up that quilt and they go, oh my gosh, someone does custom quilting in this area. And then they call me. So, and do you do any actual advertising? Not no? really. No, I mean, I like Sandra, I'll put pictures up on Facebook, things like that. Um, at first I had my business card in shops, but I don't, there's very few, a lot of them have clothes. Um, and I don't need to do any advertising because I've become known in the area as that person. I've done a right. couple like craft fair shows too, where I handed out my business card, you know, in the beginning I would do that. Okay. So, um, somebody that, uh, maybe doesn't even have their gamble yet. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's for their benefit that I asked this question. Um, how did you come up with the funds to buy your machine or, or did you have to pay it off or were, tell us about that a little bit? I financed it. So that's why I bought a retrofit. In fact, I had met Andrew at a couple of shows before I even owned a gamble and he answered all my questions. And every time Donna and I went to another show, there he was. And he kept answering my questions. So I was like, this guy is just so nice. He doesn't even know me. Like, and so um, when it came time, I just called him right up. And uh, he walked me through the different versions and the pricing and had told me they were retrofits. That worked for my budget. So I financed it out. Took about five years-ish to pay it off, I think. Okay. But again, so, I was working part-time, so. <laughs> right, right. So um, nowadays, uh, how, many, how many hours a week would you say you spend uh, doing quilting, strictly quilting? Um, gosh. Not a lot, not as many as I would like, probably about half of the day. Um, but I will say going back to that financing thing, when I got my Ascend upgrade, I paid off that upgrade in like six months, maybe less. So it's hard for me to pinpoint how many hours a day I quilt because a little bit of ADD here and I bounce around from this to that, you know, like, okay, let's work on this section. Okay, now let's go do some laundry. Now let's go back and work on this section and let's go do some embroidery. I bounce a lot. Let's go play with the dogs. Let's work on these waters. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now, now you said you, you focus, you say you focus primarily on custom quilting. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Do you do, do you do some uh, like uh, edge to edge and uh, or do you, oh yeah. What what would you say is the ratio um, of how much? You <laughs> yeah, I do ninety percent custom, ten percent edge to edge. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So two big differences <laughs> there. Okay. Yes. Okay. Huge difference. But I tell you, this is great. It's great to have the both of you guys on here because you, you both have uh, you're both coming from a totally different angle, and I think I think we're gonna be able to benefit a lot of people that are watching this right now. Um, so, uh, charging customers, do you, you charge by the hour or by the square inch? By the square inch. It would not be fair for me to charge by the hour since I bounce around back and forth. <laughs> A lot more fair. time consuming to do the, the stuff that you do, right. right? Yeah, yeah. 
So I charge, charge a higher uh, rate per square inch for the customs, but it's definitely per square inch and not per hour. So what would you say an average queen would cost average? <sighs> that is hard. Um, most of the custom quilts are smaller. So like I just oh. sent a custom oh, quilt out the door today that was like uh, maybe full size or a little smaller. And that was about $300. Okay. So a lot of people, if they're doing big bed quilts, don't want custom quilting because it can be four or 500 bucks easily at the lower end of custom. So gotcha. you know, the pricing depends on how dense and what they want and how many times I have to change the thread and do I have to trim it out or fill it out or custom make a shape to fit? So. Gotcha. Um, as far as volume wise, uh, how, how many quilts would you say you, you do during a year? That I can't answer because I'm very bad at keeping track. It's that ADD <laughs> again, nothing isn't it? Go that way. It just goes, <laughs> oh, what can I quilt next? And I don't. Yeah, sorry, I can't answer that. <laughs> I wish I could. I, I got that's okay. I need like five more machines, but no, sorry. <laughs> I, I definitely understand. <laughs> so, all right. So, Kat, at your business, um, yep. do you um, do you like uh, provide or sell supplies? You know, you know, batting or anything. The, like that? the only thing that I sell is batting. Um, like Sandra, I buy it wholesale, but I charge retail prices for it because that's where I make a good chunk of money. Okay. I also charge a thread charge as well, but um, I do not offer binding services or any of those other things. In the beginning, I offered that I would make embroidery labels, quilt labels, and I don't do that anymore either. It's just too time consuming. Gotcha. So, and do you do anything else you know, like uh, binding or piecing or anything no. like that i've done one uh t-shirt quilt that i pieced like you know from scratch uh for a good friend of mine like a commission quilt uh but i don't announce that i offer that because it's so 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 time consuming and i'd rather spend my time quilting like i said earlier quilting is my jam like you pee i piece just to get to the part where i can quilt so i don't really <laughs> offer that i can avoid it yeah, I'm, I'm I'm seeing this theme with you that you just you, you get a lot of enjoyment out of this stuff, don't you? Yes, I just want to doodle and play all day long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so great. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you one of the uh, same questions that I asked Sandra. But what, when you're uh, uh, growing a business, what would you say would be one of the hardest parts about doing a business and growing? For me, yeah. so for me. It's staying on track. I, I just, unlike Sandra, I can't do the, okay, strict from boom to boom. Like I bounce Don't tell, around. It's like that I ADD said. again, isn't it? It is. Like, <laughs> I bounce around. Uh, so when I can really say myself, okay, you're going to be in that studio by 10 a.m. And you're going to quilt until two lunch breaks and quilt until my husband gets home. Like those are the days that I get a lot done because I've set myself a schedule and I stick to it. I don't stop to do laundry or walk the dogs, et cetera. So for me, that's the hardest part is really sticking to it and treating it like it is a business and not just cat's fun doodling time. So, so focus is a prime commodity focus. with yes. you. Yes, yeah. that's a good way to wrap it up, Bobby. Yes, focus. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Well, um, tell me, have you had any... Uh, 
people who were um uh big a big support you, you mentioned the uh the sisters um is is there any other uh areas of your life or family members or anything that have been like cheerleaders support for you Oh, for sure. So definitely my mentor, Donna, even though she has moved away, she'll still comment on my Facebook posts and tell me how proud of me she is. Um, and then my customers, because they will go to the guild and they will hold it up and they will say, I showed everyone your quote and everyone loved it and they will really promote me. So I think those are my biggest ones, aside from family and friends that are like, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> I was thinking about this a while ago, uh, like at a guild and stuff. Um, do you do you th think uh, you ever go there uh, thinking that you have uh, a lot of competition there and like you need mm. to be on guard? Not really, because there's definitely so many quilts, like a lot of quilts, enough quilts to go around to everybody. Um, I like. That's when like Sandra was saying. There's a lot to, there's plenty yeah, to go around. Yeah. So many. Um, and when I go, I like to look at it and be like, huh, that's interesting. I don't know if I would have thought to do that. And I really look at it as inspiration. And if I have show and tell, I hope that they're inspired by my work as well. Gotcha. So uh, let me ask you, um, when you first started, like when you're just first getting started and I, and I know you kind of had some, uh, the embroidery and stuff going on, uh, before, but starting your business, uh, going into the business, uh, world in general, is there something that you, you wish that somebody would have told you when you had first started out? Hmm. That is a good question. Or something you know now that you wish you right. would have known then. Uh, I was really fortunate that my mentor, you know, she told me to focus. I just didn't focus, you know. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't think I have a good So you had a mentor. I had a mentor, right. Uh, she shared everything with me. And, and I want to share that back because like, I was just so lucky to happen to move in two doors down from her, not knowing that she was there, not knowing that she was a quilter, not knowing that she was a long arm quilter. Like it was all just meant to be. So she gave me so, so, so much advice. Like literally I spent hours just in her studio every day. So you, you had a rock star mentor. I did. So I guess probably, I guess they probably helped you avoid a lot of the, the that question that I was asking, you know, where you, you know, shared you the mistakes of me. Uh huh. So I guess the answer would be just to learn as much as you can. Ask questions from like everybody. There's no stupid question. Just ask and absorb as much as you can. Now, let me ask you again. I'm, I'm all, I'm all curious about Donna now, uh, <laughs> your mentor. So, um, did did you just did you know her beforehand or was it a chance you say she just lived by you or nope. what Tell yeah me. so we how, we how did you from, get this awesome mentor that's what I want to know sheer luck Bobby sheer luck we moved from Wisconsin to Oregon and my husband came out first while I was finishing closing up and I worked in corporate advertising and I was just doing quilting for myself on my domestic 
And so he was here, we had, you know, signed for the paperwork for the house and he had come here to the new house to do whatever and just happened to meet the neighbors two doors down. And he called me and he said, you're not gonna believe this. The lady two doors down is a long arm quilter. And my very first thought was, ah, oh, dang it. No, I can't do that. I really wanted to do that when we moved. How am I gonna do that if one two doors down? And I was so wrong. I had no idea the amount of quilts that are out there or how amazing she was going to be and how it was gonna just change my whole world. I really lucked out. <laughs> Somebody was watching me, watching out for me and put me on that path. They knew it, that's where I was supposed to go. Awesome. You, you were very blessed. Uh, I was, done. yes, I still am. Well, you know something, one thing I've heard from, from both of you girls is, um, and it's something that I have thought about, especially when I first started uh, working at Gamble, say, is there enough of this to go around, um, you know? And it sounds like from from the testimony of both of you girls that uh, that there is uh, tons of demand for uh, for uh, for quilting out there. Would you would you agree with that, Sandra? Absolutely. Um, it's it's exciting that the industry has come so large and that it's gotten so popular again with the modern quilting movement and with young people sewing. And they're taking thrifting of fabric and repurposing it to recycle and reuse. I think it's a whole new generation coming up. Um, it's exciting to get younger people involved. And because it's not a lost art, because it's continuing to grow. Yeah. And, you know, the um, it, it seems like the, uh, the median age of, of quilters is you know, a little bit higher than a lot of other um, businesses. What do y'all think, what would you say to somebody that's a younger person, uh, you know, is would do you think this would be something that would be good to get into? Yes. In fact, I have a client who is wanting to get into it and I keep telling her, just do it. All you gotta do is just buy it and then practice, 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 practice learn everything you can like whether you want to do it for business or just for yourself it's so fulfilling and you still and you you still think that this in in 2023 mm -hmm. that long arm quilting is a very viable profession yes um have you been to the sisters outdoor quilt show? <laughs> You've seen like gazillions of quilts. But additionally, there's a lot of programs out there now that are specifically teaching children how to sew. And so my hope is that those programs continue to grow and 4-H continues to grow and those people just keep on sewing. Well, that is awesome. <laughs> well, ladies, uh, I, it has been great uh, talking with both of you. Um, I, I don't want to leave you without, uh, with, I don't know if the, do either of you have anything that I, I didn't ask you about that you feel like you need to communicate to people out there before we go, or do you feel like you can do it? Be you careful. Can do it. <laughs> have fun. Say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> no, have fun. It's so great. Try it. You're going to love it. Don't worry well, about not awesome. having work. It'll come. Oh yes, it will. Well, that's great. I tell you, you guys, you guys have been amazing. 
I mean, you guys have been uh, not only in, inspiring, but also very, very informative, both of you. I, th I thank you guys so much. And uh, I just want you to know that uh, all the stuff that you've shared with us uh, today, it, you, you're helping to plant seed uh, for people out there, you know, that you know how it is. There's, there's insecurity where, you know, can I really do this? But you guys, you guys are heroes and, uh, and thank you so much for joining us. And um, we just really appreciate your presence with us today. So we're going to, we're going to say you. goodbye. And, and uh, there's one more time. This is uh, Sandra Kip Mata. I said that right. You did, sir. Thank you. And Kat Fair. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Even though it doesn't look like it's spelled fair. Right. <laughs> but you guys, thank you so much. And we appreciate you so much. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of you as time goes on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Good evening. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want.